What's going on, all my podcasters? Whether you're from Facebook, Spacebook, <laughs> Facebook, or Spotify, or anything in between. See Jizzle and the Wizzle bringing you another episode. <laughs> it's pretty funny, Spacebook. <laughs> Anywho, I had to just go put my uh, Chinese food up in the fridge. Ended up ordering some Chinese food to eat tonight. So, um, tonight we're just drinking on Ice House again. I already had my nice little, uh, I had a few tall cans while I was sitting at work. Um, I sat up at work and kind of kept my, uh, relief company for a little while and drink some beers in the process and now it's about 2.30 in the morning so luckily I had a can still left here at home because they stopped selling at 1 anywho um, it's been a long day today was pretty long I'm not gonna lie but days like today that's long the way that they are, and uh, I feel like when I get home, I don't have much of a life left. Days like tonight really reminds me about what my purpose is and what I'm doing. And there's going to be many, many nights where you just feel like you're kind of in the grind. You feel like you're not going anywhere, you're not doing anything. And that's pretty normal, especially when you're saving up, you know, you got goals that you're trying to meet. Um, it might take you a while, so don't get discouraged. Don't feel like crap. It's it's just the way that the cookie crumbles. So if you got a goal, you're not going to get there overnight. Let's put it that way. So... On nights like tonight, when I come home and I feel like crap because, you know, it's 3 in the morning and I feel like I didn't do really shit with my life, I kind of sit back and I think and I wonder and, you know, I really did do something and just doesn't really feel like it. So, hmm. Anywho. Like I said, today was a, was a pretty long day. Even with me not sitting up there at the gas station, it was it was pretty long. I was off at 10, so I spent um, four hours up there <clears throat> keeping my relief company and kind of talking. And like I said, I drank my beers some beers here and there um i tried one of those chiladas because i hear a lot of people talking about chiladas and um you know with the tomato sauce and the beer and whatnot and um to be honest i didn't care for it canned i believe it would have been a lot better fresh 
it kind of tasted like crap. And I didn't even want to finish the rest of it, to be honest. So, chiladas are kind of gross. I'm not going to lie. I'd rather just have a regular fucking beer, to be honest. So, that's what we're doing right now. Drinking some beer, washing some of that nastiness down. Ugh, it was pretty bad. <clears throat> I haven't eaten anything all day either, so to have that on my, on an empty stomach was kind of yuck. Anywho, like I said, I made it home, smoking some cigarettes, drinking some beer. I'm about to get ready and smoke some weed. I still feel... I, I feel kind of like crap, though. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> I feel kind of sluggish and everything. Ever since I drank that nasty chilada. Uh, it's, just, it's just heavy, and it's just nasty. Uh pretty gross like I thought it was going to be good everybody kept talking about it and making a big deal about it and it's pretty fucking gross so don't don't drink a chilada unless it comes from a bar unless they make it in front of you fresh don't drink a chilada it's terrible I think the brand that I had was Modelo Chiladas Pretty fucking nasty. There hasn't been a drink that I've had in a while that's been that gross. Like, it was worse than um, drinking whiskey straight. Ugh. <clears throat> Anywho. smoke a little bit of weed get some of this taste out of my mouth I don't know like like I said if I feel like if you had a fresh if you had a fresh chilada it would be probably better but I think there's a difference between a michelada and then a chilada. Um, a michelada is something that you get in a cup, especially at Mexican restaurants, little side stands. Um, and what it is, is about a third of it is tomato juice, lime juice. And then around the edge, they put chili powder, chili powder flake, salt, and then you fill it up with beer. It's supposed to be really good when you get it fresh like that. 
The way that I had it was terrible. It tasted like shit. And I think it was because it came out of a can. Long story short. But, um... I wanted to see what the big deal was. Everybody kept making a big deal about it. And I didn't know that there was a difference between a Michelada and a Chilada. Me being a white gringo. <laughs> I just, I didn't know. Okay, so now in the future I know. Don't drink a Chilada. It's just nasty. Huh. Anyways, kind of been pissed off because I found out today that my phone wasn't charging the right way. I found that out yesterday, actually, and I thought that the big deal was that my cable was going bad. My charging cable was going bad, so I bought a new cable and plugged it in, and it's not working either, so... I mean, it works, and then it, it stops working. So, I think it's the wall outlet, long story short. I've got a 3.0 quick charge outlet that charges my phone up in like an hour. And I've also got a power bank that I use to charge that up with as well. And long story short, it's not working. So... Um, I need to go out there and find another wall outlet, a 3.0 quick charge outlet. So, anywho, I already spent $20 on a new cable. I guess I'm going to have to spend another $30, $35 on a fucking wall outlet, plus shipping. So, <clears throat> kind of is what it is, but um, I kind of need it. So, even if I do change phones, nine times out of ten, it's going to be USB-C. So, anywho. I ended up ordering Chinese food tonight. I haven't even got to try any of it yet. I decided I'm going to go ahead and put it in the fridge. Um, I might end up eating it tonight. I might eat it as leftovers tomorrow. But... Um, Long story short, like I said, it's just been a long fucking day. I haven't eaten anything all day today. Um, but I don't want to put something on the stove or something in the crock pot or something in the oven or whatever and then forget about it. So, I might wait a little bit and 
warming up. Or I might just wait until tomorrow. I don't know. Oh. Hmm. That tastes pretty good. weed that weed has a very good taste to it I believe if I smoke some more weed maybe I might get a little bit more hungry and my stomach feels a little bit better whenever I smoke more weed so we'll see we'll see it's already 240 in the morning like I said I don't want to go and start cooking something and then halfway through it's warming up. I'm like, eh, I'm not, I don't want to eat anything, you know. So I kind of get that way after I've had some drinks, after I get tired, after I start kind of settling down, you know. There's been many a times where I've cooked something and then I forgot about it and it ended up burnt in the oven. So I don't really want to do that. It's a crock pot. I got a crock pot that's digital and if I set it at a certain temperature and I forget about it, at least it turns down to warm. You know, I don't have to worry about it really burning. You know what I'm saying? I've been using my crock pot to warm up shit ever since I got it, pretty much. I got it on New Year's and I've made a few things out of it. I made some pasta, you know, my mom had some homemade sauce. I threw that in there with some tortellini and there was another time where I uh, got some burritos from a taco joint. <coughs> I just put it in my crock pot on low let it sit in there for an hour and a half with the wrapper and everything still on it. That way it didn't really make a mess. And um, there's been other things that I put in the crock pot to warm up as well. Um, I haven't put I haven't put hamburgers in it. You know, I usually go a place and order cheeseburgers or whatever and I usually warm them up in the oven and when you warm them up in the oven when you warm up a cheeseburger burger in the oven even when you have it on like 200 250 if you let it sit in there too long the bun gets all dried out and <clears throat> not a very good uh, solution but if you have it in a crock pot all that moisture is kind of held in there. It doesn't really get dried out. So. I've kind of. Started learning how to master the crock pot. Even when it comes to warming things up. Me and the crock pot have kind of. Became friends within the past week or two. So. 
I haven't made any stews or any soups or anything in it yet. That's coming up pretty soon. But I've been uh, I've been really wanting to do a crab boil or a crab bake. And a lot of people have many different recipes. But the way that I like to do it is homemade Louisiana style and a lot of people make it in a stock pot something a lot bigger than a crock pot um, but mainly what it comes down to is having a few lemons um, getting whatever meats like shrimp or maybe a half pound of crab legs to put in with it I like to use shrimp, crab legs, and lobster. And I like to put andouille sausage in with it, or kielbasa in with it as well. A lot of people like to add weird things into it, like hot dogs and stuff like that. I'm not really into that kind of thing. So, I do it the homemade way. I add like a half bottle of uh, Louisiana hot sauce and I like to use Zatarain's uh, crab boil mix they've got in a dry powder form they've got a big ass jar of it and when you make it in a stock pot you usually use a whole thing of it me since I'm using a crock pot I probably only use a half a thing of the seasoning mix and then you add your butter in with it. Um, if you're going to put crawl dads in with it. I'm, I'm not a big fan of crawl dads. So I use sausage, shrimp, lobster, crab legs. Um, and I usually use lemons. I know some people use limes. I like to use lemons. Um, and with the Zatarain's crab boil mix, with the seasoning mix, you really can't go wrong. Um, but you got to make sure you have some hot sauce with it, too. Even when you get done, you got to be able to drizzle some of that hot sauce over some of that lobster meat or, you know. Anywho, I'm going to try it. I've never tried to do a crab boil bake in a crock pot, but I'm sure that putting it in a crock pot is going to do it way more justice because by the time that you get home and you're ready to crack it open, those crab legs are going to be so soft that you probably ain't going to need anything to crack it open. You can probably just crack it open with your fingertips. Same thing with the shrimp shells and whatnot. It's just going to come right off. Even the lobster is... The lobster is going to make most of the broth. I'm just going to put it in there whole. I'm going to go and get a whole lobster and put it in there. Um, now, when it comes to eating lobster, I don't like to fuck with it except to uh, 
pull the tail off and I like to eat on the on the claws you know the meat out of the claws but with the brains and the eyes and stuff I just throw that in the trash so um, but it does add to the soup mix the broth mix that's really gonna be the broth mix out of all of it really So you put a whole lobster in there, you add a pound of shrimp, some people use two pounds of shrimp, um, and like a half a pound of crab legs. Crab legs are expensive, they're like $25 a pound. So you can put a whole pound in there, but they're really expensive. <coughs> and uh... Like I said, you get you three lemons, cut them in half, put them in there. You add in your hot sauce with it. I'm going to go with, instead of using Louisiana hot sauce, I think I'm going to go with something a little bit hotter. I think I'm going to go with like a habanero and uh, put a touch of that in there. I want it to burn my nose when I, you know, I want it to make me kind of snot a little bit, so. That's a good Louisiana cooking right there. And I'm, I'm probably going to make a video, a live video when I make it. Um, and that's just out of a crock pot, you know. I'd like to make it on a bigger scale where I can have a whole... Uh, boil, you know, where I can feed the whole neighborhood, but I don't have the equipment to really do that, so, for right now. Now, maybe in the future, that's something that I've kind of liked to do for the homeless people, pull up my van, you know, when I get to living out of a van, I like to pull up my van downtown and pull out out of the back, I'd like to pull out a big uh, boiling table, pull it straight out of the back, and, um, you know, yeah, it's kind of expensive to, to put crab meat and lobster and stuff in there, but when it's on a big scale and you're feeding a hundred people, you know, it kind of all evens out, so... Not only that, but I'd probably make more jambalaya, or I'd cook with more sausage than seafood, if that was the case. So, but the point is, I want to be able to feed people, and I want to do it cheap, as cheap as I can. I want to do it on a big scale, and I want it to taste good. I want people to taste it and say this is some real Cajun Creole cooking right here this tastes like I'm from Louisiana you know I want people to taste the magic in it you know and that's a good thing about cooking good food is just tasting it and the flavors are good you know and you can do it with the cheapest cuts of meat and it, and it just tastes so good. So, um, 
that's mainly what I'm going to be focusing on, even when I get into van life, is trying to feed some of the homeless. I'm not going to be able to help everybody. You know, my mother um, kind of got me on this thing because she feels she feels really bad for homeless people. And I tried to explain to her that some of those people don't want the help, you know. So I would like to find the people out there, especially the younger people that are just starting to get into the homeless life and or people that may be out there temporarily and when you get to talking to these people you're gonna to get to know who they are and you're gonna know if they're out there every day or and even the people that are out there every day hey I'm not gonna discriminate if you wanna fucking play the food you come by I'll, I'll give it to you you know I'll give you the best plate of food that you probably ever had in a while so, you know, um, and it beats sitting down there at the bread line, you know, um, even being somebody that's homeless, you don't want to go down there at the bread line nine times out of ten. You don't want to sit there and just deal with the people, right? So, and we're going to be in different places. We're going to pop up. We're just going to be here. We're going to be there and help out the homeless people here and there it's not gonna help it, it's not gonna start tomorrow you know this is gonna be something that it's gonna take some time to be able to get a van be able to get the equipment it, it might be within the next couple years maybe but it's kind of always been a dream that I've had I'm not gonna make any money off of it but I feel like Putting some good, solid food in people's bellies um, in the hardest times during Christmas when it's cold um, and whatnot, that's that's where it all counts. I'm not going to be doing it throughout the spring and summer. I just want to focus on the winter months, you know. When it's really cold outside and people are living on the streets and that's where I want to make the difference. So I'm not going to be doing it throughout the year. I'm only going to be doing it in the winter when people really need it the most. Um, and that is one of the things I like to do. One of the things. Um, another thing I like to do I can't really discuss it because it's a business proposition, it's a business idea and um, I don't want anybody else out there to steal my idea, but eventually I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to be making like $700,000 a month. No, $700,000 a year, sorry. Like $75,000 a month. And, again, I can't really divulge on any of it. But it's going to take a lot of effort, and it's going to take a lot of 
a lot of money at first, but after I get the money paid for and everything bought off, I'll be making nothing but profit. And I'd like to stay around here to do it, but the chances are I'm going to end up moving somewhere by the coast, by the beach somewhere, whether it's in Florida or California or Myrtle Beach, who knows? Who knows? probably not going to be here but when I do come back here I'm going to have a soft spot for this place because this is where I grew up this is where I live even if I only live where I live six months out of the year this is this is my stomping grounds so when I do come back <clears throat> time that I do spend here, I want to spend helping people out. And a lot of people like to go away for the winter months and go somewhere warm. A lot of people like to go to Arizona or whatever to get away from the cold. And I think it's going to be the complete opposite for me. I think I'm going to come back here during the winter months and help people that really need it. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's kind of a long time from now. I gotta kind of get on my own feet first. But <clears throat> even if I wasn't making any profit, even if I came back here and was um, maybe doing the maybe doing the business thing in the daytime and um, helping homeless people at night in the evening you know making a dinner for everybody in the evening would be more um, satisfying to me than making money I don't care if I don't make anything at all you know, in the evening, it, it's going to be, and maybe I might get some donations for seafood or for vegetables or whatever to add into it. Maybe there's companies that will give me donations for it. I don't know. I haven't really got there yet. But even if I have to go out of my pocket and spend it, I don't care. When you make $75,000 a month, when you make $700,000 plus a year, I think it's like 840000 I think is, but even after you pay taxes on that restaurant, let's say you clear 500000 to make $500,000 a year is way more than what I would have bargained for. I mean, even if I made $200,000 a year, that's a lot of money. Compared to right now, when I make $20,000 a year. So, I can, I can afford to give back $10,000 a year 
to just pay for these crab boils to have here and there. I can pay for that. Like that's that's nothing to me. And that's that's where I want to get to is you know, I can remember going to the store and having six dollars to my name. And I had to think to myself, what are you gonna get? That's gonna fill you up, that's gonna be somewhat nutritious. And a lot of times it was you know, I got tired of noodles real quick. Ramen noodles and whatnot, it was just man, I didn't want anything to do with it. So a lot of times I would get um shredded coleslaw mix, like a dollar bag. And whatever salad dressing I was going to put on it, but a couple bags of coleslaw mix and, you know, that's two dollars right there. And hopefully you got some dressing at home, because usually I like to put the Olive Garden dressing on it, the Italian, it was like four dollars a bottle, so pretty expensive for somebody that doesn't have money just for some dressing it's pretty expensive but that was very dark times in my life and I had a job I was paying the bills I had a job everything was you know but for some of those people out there that don't have a job, that don't, you know, I felt pretty bad for them. And I know they're getting assistance, but they're not getting enough assistance. And even if you do get a link card, where are you going to store this shit? For the groceries that you buy, you got to buy, like, you gotta go to the store every day. You gotta shop for the day, you know, and anything that you can't refrigerate, you know, you better hope it's winter time because you can't just leave it out, you know. It's in the middle of summer, it's 90 degrees, maybe 70 degrees at, at night. Um, can't just leave shit sitting out on the sidewalk. And you don't have money to pay for ice to keep it cold, you know. So, anywho, <clears throat> the winter time is the worst. Like I said, um, you might be able to keep cold. You might be able to keep food cold or whatever, but to have a good, hearty, cooked meal, you don't have access to that. You don't have access to a crock pot. You don't have access to electricity or a smoker or anything to be able to cook something for like three hours. So when you do get something that's cooked for three hours and it, you just taste it and the taste is like, you know, it's like gold. It's like gold. You're not used to tasting 
things like that when you're living out of a package when you're living out of shit that you just boil with water you know it's it's completely different from living homeless to eating good food is completely different and even from going from eating prepackaged food to making your own fresh food at home you can taste a difference so um anywho that's my goal that's my goal eventually when I get better off I want to make other people's lives easier you know I want to be able to give them that spark where they say this is fucking good this is good and maybe they might be able to open their own little kitchen on the side of the street maybe they're homeless and if I can teach them the recipe they can cook it on their own time and they can maybe sell it and make a profit <clears throat> there's some places where you can plug in a crock pot some places where you can plug in a cell phone you can plug in a crock pot and these people could cook the same recipe you know I want to teach them how to do that I want to make their life easier I want them to know what good food tastes like even being homeless you have the right to be able to eat good food um, everybody has the right to do it but they just don't know how to do it and cooking on a hot plate it's the same thing you got some places where you can plug in a cell phone you can plug in a hot plate there's a lot of people out there that they can plug in a cell phone anywhere like at the library, at the gas station, blah blah blah. So if you can do that, you can plug in a hot plate. And if you can cook off of a hot plate, you can make a very good cooked meal, a home cooked meal for like three or four different people. You know, not just for you, but you can sit there and have a whole skillet on there with some chicken, some rice, um, some vegetables mixed in there with it. You can, you can really make a good cooked meal, especially when it's fucking 10 degrees outside and you're freezing. That's kind of like, it makes a big difference when you're eating a good hearty meal like that. Plugging, it, plugging in a crock pot somewhere... Maybe you find a little outlet on a business that, you know, you, nobody's going to know whether you're cooking back there. And you plug in a crock pot for four hours and, you know, your buddy goes in $3, you go in $3, your other buddy goes in $3. And you got enough money to uh, buy a pork loin roast. And you guys are going to be able to split that up and eat on it for the next two or three days. And all you had to put into it was $3, you know. So, um, I want to be able to help people. I really do. I really want people to 
just because times are so bad and, and times are so such shit doesn't mean that you have to live like shit, you know? You can take the worst out of something and make the best out of it. And I think that that's what people need to start doing. People need to start being more independent. Instead of depending on the government to give them a link card. Um, I, don't, I don't see a problem with people getting a link card if they really need the money. If they're homeless, if they don't, you know, fine. You know, having a link card could buy all this stuff to make the crab boil or all this stuff to, you know. But a link card isn't going to buy you a crock pot. And um, even if you had a crock pot, most of these people that are running around with backpacks, where are they going to fucking put it, you know? So that's kind of why I thought about going around with a cart and a crab boil cart and basically what it is is a big ass um, tank it, it, it's a big basin where you fill it with water and you boil it you, you put a propane burner under it and you boil it <clears throat> it's like a big deep fryer but without the oil pretty much and um, it's like a giant crock pot basically and hmm anyways I'm not gonna sit here and talk too much about it I know I've done wasted enough time talking about it but there's plenty of people out there that deserve good food during Christmas time, the winter months especially, to be able to have a good uh, crab boil. I mean, I haven't had anybody that's came up to me and said, hey, try some of this. I haven't had anybody come up to me and tell me, try some of this good food, you know. But if you had somebody that came up to you and, and not only told you to try this good food, but <clears throat> take as much as you want. We got some potatoes in there. We're going to make some whole potatoes with that crab boil. Ears of corn, corn on the cob. A little bit of andouille sausage. We're going to mix it up. And, uh, like I said, this probably ain't going to happen next winter, even. Because i got to buy all the equipment, see. And with me getting into van life and whatnot, i got to worry about getting a van. Uh, buying the solar panel units and the water filtration system, the heating system, blah, blah, blah. But I think this is my calling in life one of the callings in life um, is to help people when you can help them and 
There's going to be plenty of times when I want to have some crab boil. You know what I'm saying? And it's good, healthy, clean food. It's pure. There's nothing added to it. It's just crab meat, lobster, potatoes, seasoning, lemons, corn on the cob, blah, blah, blah. Good food. Good old pure cooking. Right? And I'd like to get a... I, I, I got my eye on a uh, cast iron... Um, they call them a big cooker. I think. It's a big ass... Uh, cast iron pot and you can make gumbo and shit in it you know and you can make it over an open fire or you can put it on a propane fire but the point is I'm looking on doing shit on a big scale for the whole neighborhood for the whole neighborhood I'm looking to show up in somebody's neighborhood and I might be in the east side one day in the park and the next week I might be in the south side in the park or I might be downtown by Abe Lincoln's home you know I mean I'm gonna switch it up I want everybody to realize that good cooking is easy it tastes good and you can get some good old southern Creole uh, Louisiana cooking even in Illinois, if you know how to make it, so. I, um, uh, was born and raised here in Illinois, but I've got, uh, my mother was adopted when she was a baby, so, um, all my real family, all my biological families from North Carolina, <clears throat> most of them, some of them are in West Virginia, and but from the South. I mean, they're all from the South. None of them live in Mississippi or Louisiana or Alabama, but I still got that little bit of South in me. You know what I'm saying? I like to wake up in the morning and eat bacon, biscuits, and grits. That's how southern I am. Bacon, biscuits, and grits. I'll tell you what. That is the true southern breakfast right there. Bacon, biscuits, and grits. And um, down there, down south, they don't like to cook their bacon where it's burnt. I like my bacon a little burnt, but they like it fatty. And down south, when you cook your grits, there's some, some people that like to put butter in it and make it creamy, and there's other people who like to put sugar in it and, you know, um, different ways of cooking it. But, uh, you put your bacon on the biscuit and you eat your grits with butter in it, period. That's that's the way you do it when you're in the South. And when you're in the South, you don't hear about um, biscuits and gravy, really. You don't hear about uh, horseshoes. There's no such thing as a horseshoe in the South. 
um, here where I'm from, horseshoes, breakfast horseshoes are very, uh, very popular. But there, it's shit on shingle. That's what they like in the South. And shit on a shingle is usually biscuits with chip beef or cream beef. Uh, I call it cream beef, but... Some people put it on toast. Some people put it on biscuits. Um, and then you got another thing that's called a bird's eye. Or uh, bread, and, bread in a basket, I think they call it. They might call it egg in a basket or whatever. It's basically where you hollow out the bread. You take a scrambled egg pour it in the bread um, eggs benedict is something that nobody really knows I mean nobody really makes around here but everybody knows that it exists and eggs benedict is one of my favorites one of my favorites um, I like to make a good ham steak I love a good ham steak for breakfast. Maybe maybe even two ham steaks. They get kind of expensive. I think they're at least like five dollars a piece, but one or two ham steaks with like three eggs and some hash browns and some corned beef hash on the side. That is fucking key right there. And bacon. I love bacon. I will make, I'll, I'll take a whole fucking pack of bacon and weave it together and put it in the oven at like 350 and I'll just eat the fucking bacon. <laughs> but here lately, I've realized that there's a big difference between regular bacon and thick cut bacon. And Sam's Club... If you've got a Sam's Club membership, thick cut bacon is really where it's at. And you can get like a two pack. I don't know how much is in each package, but I would have to say it's at least two pounds of bacon. And if not more. And I think it's like um, 15 bucks or something, but it's worth it, you know. I love some fucking thick-cut bacon. I mean, honestly, there's really no other way to go. I'll buy regular bacon, but it's like, eh. And some of the brands that are thick-cut, they also age them a certain way. So you got aged thick-cut bacon, and there's really a difference. Just try it one day. Just go to the store and buy just some regular bacon and then buy some aged bacon. I mean, you're going to be able to tell a difference. It's like buying regular ham that's Oscar Mayer brand and then buying Kreshmeyer ham that's, you know, it just tastes better. So, I watched a uh, video where somebody was making their own bacon. They went to the deli and... They told the butcher that they just wanted a fresh 
a whole slab of bacon that's not cut. And the way that it comes is like a big fatty back strap, you know, I mean. But the way they cure it is you, um, from what I remember anyways, is that you rub it down with like this brown sugar rub. You know, I, I'd have to look at the recipe again, but it has like three or four different herbs and spices in it, and, and it looks like a brown sugar rub. It's got like a brown tint to it. And you rub it on there, and you make sure it's all covered. And then you cover it with kosher salt, <clears throat> which a lot of times when you're curing ham or when you're curing any kind of meat, usually you use kosher salt. And I don't know how expensive it gets, but I'm pretty sure it's expensive for the amount that you have to use. You know, like that to cover it, you know. And then when that gets kind of like, when there gets moisture in there, you got to drain it, change the salt, add some more salt. So it gets pretty costly just with the salt itself. Like you better get a big ass fucking bag if you're planning on doing any any curing on a big scale. And um, you let that sit for about 28 days. In between 25 and 30 days in the fridge, you change that salt out every, I don't know, few days, maybe. And then when you cut it, you know, you rinse it off and everything, and when you cut it, it's like the best cured meat that you probably ever fucking tasted. And so I've been getting into a lot of dry aging, too, so... I've been learning a lot of shit with cooking and um, um, trying to get more um, flavor and taste out of stuff, the tricks of the trade, and that's, that's what you do, you know, 25 to 30 days, depending on what kind of cut you got, and... Um, if it smells bad or has any kind of like yellowish, pussy, nasty looking stuff from the inside, then it's no good. You have to throw it out. Somebody that I know tried to do a, um, a lamb shank. They tried to cure it the same way that you would cure most meats. And it didn't turn out good. It ended up being rancid and rotten and it smelled bad and they had to throw it out so also you want to make sure that your fridge is clean you don't want to have other things in there that are rotting like leftovers you don't want to have onions or anything stored in there all that nasty gases are just gonna make that meat turn faster so That's something I've kind of been getting into. Um, we'll see how it goes. A lot of people 
um, just put it in a cheesecloth and wrap it up three times and then they wrap some twine around it and hang it. If you've got somewhere where your windows are going to be open, that's perfect. But if you got somewhere with all your windows closed up in an apartment, it's going to mold and it's going to fucking turn bad. So it has to be fresh air flowing over it the whole time if you're going to wrap it up and hang it in a cheesecloth, unrefrigerated. Anywho, ham, salami, prosciutto, any kind of meats like that, you're going to have to do a, um, a dry uh, curing. Nine times out of ten, you're going to have to hang it to dry it. If you can hang it in a fridge or in a cooler or something, that's, that's ideal. But plenty of places out there in Italy don't have fridges. That's, that's the whole reason why they hang dry it, to cure it. So <clears throat> it's going to be a different kind of taste. You get it hang dried with no fridge versus if you put it in a cooler. And like I said, there's just going to be certain times when you try it and you check it and you realize that it's rancid. It, it didn't cure right. So you're just going to have to throw it out. With bacon, I'm very curious to see how dry cured bacon taste to be able to put it in kosher salt and cure it and so that's going to be something within the next year that I'm going to want to try after I get into van life and everything that's going to be something that I'm going to want to try is some dry curing you know so we're going to try that out hmm anywho I might make another podcast tonight, maybe. That's very doubtful, but I might. But if not, I'm at the 58 and a half minute mark. Um, and it's been really fun making this podcast. Kind of letting you um, in on some new facts about what I'm planning on doing. Planning on getting into meat making. I'm planning on getting into opening my own business, maybe. Um, and um, everything in between that I can kind of open your eyes to in my life. So, anywho, till the next one. See Jizzle and the motherfucking Whizzle. And I'm signing off. Don't have a good day, America. Have a great day.